Afternoons on SEN. Where we might be, SEN Afternoons, all thanks to Work Locker, Karim Downs and Packenham, unlocked, stocked and full of value. Lots to get into, plenty of cricket. It starts tomorrow. We'll hear from the captain of Australia in the next hour, but I thought I'd change it up a little bit, having great in-studio guests, part of SEN Afternoons in summer. And there's a throwdown. It's a big one. Two Melbourne teams that are playing really good basketball on a Thursday night after what have come off a uh, an interesting start to the year for both of them in different ways. So I reached out the CEO of South East Melbourne Phoenix, Tommy Greer. Is he? Hello to you, Tommy. Hi, Cam. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Nick Trulson as well, the CEO of Melbourne United here as well. Thanks, Cam. Great to be here. A lot more exciting had you guys not get along and you weren't professional and you were throwing <laughs> haymakers, but we'll we'll make with it. What we will. We're just going to have a little open round discussion about all things around your teams and the league and, and how it's all tracking and what has been an outstanding start to the NBL as a whole. But I, I will start with you, Tommy, because you've had a, um, an interesting week, which is part of the, part of the job, uh, the releasing of an import, uh, a, a baby on the way, a, a long-season injury to Craig Moller. I'm talking about Ruben Tarangi, not you. And the fact is that you were depleted in Sydney. You had no players. You go up there, 13,000, and you belt them around, and then you sign a... New player on the back end, mate. It's a, it's a hell of a seven days. It was a big seven days. I thought it was a little bit bigger there. You had me shocked no, with the baby, no, no, baby, no. baby on the way. I should have said Ruben Tarangi couldn't play yeah, because of a child not <laughs> gave you a fright. Uh, it, no, look, yeah. it, was, uh, it, it was a huge week, obviously, and a real sort of moment in time um, for us at a, uh, as a club, not in only uh, in terms of this season, but sort of going forward, you know. Um, bit of a line in the sand about sort of what we stand for. And, and um, you know, it was really rewarding to see the team sort of stand up and, and bind together um, in that game um, against Sydney on the weekend. You've both been in a situation in the last 12 months having to release an import once a, the season starts. Like, how does that process, like, I'm, I'm certain it never gets any easier, but, like, how does the process sort of start from your perspective? Is it sitting down with the coaches? Is it sitting down with the player and trying to work through how it all sort of looks? Like it's, it's a long, drawn-out, sucky process, but how did you handle it? How do you handle it on this situation? I think it's about, you know, ensuring you're prepared uh, before you need to be, yep. you know? So all the work that you do in the off-season um, sort of comes into play during those situations. So you can lean back on on all that work that you've done and all those lists that you have and sort of revisit those and then start reaching out to your network of connections and and agents, which is, you know, all the work that all the clubs do over at Summer League during the off-season. So... Um, that really is the starting point. From there, it's just sort of um, getting an understanding of what's available um, at this time of year or, you know, once season starts at, at any point. Uh, it is difficult to find perfect fits. Um, generally, there is sort of something you're have, having to negotiate through, um, which obviously uh, this time with us and Abdel Nader, it's mm-hmm. the fact that he hasn't played uh, in a couple of seasons. Is that um, worry for people who may not know, he hasn't played since November 2021. That's That's correct? That's correct. How much of a worry is that for you? Look, I mean, we've done all of the all of the checks or the research that we possibly could have. Um, he has been working out with the NBA teams prior to this NBA season. Those teams were considering him for uh, positions within in their teams. Uh, he went from there to Germany, where he's been training full time with a team over there. Uh, he was offered a contract uh, within that league, um, which he turned down. Uh, we've done our medical checks. We've spoken with his medical team. We've done, um, you know, a, a, a medical test via Zoom. Um, so we've we've gone through absolutely everything we possibly can, and we're incredibly confident he's going to be ready to go and ready to play. 
and uh, really excited about what he could potentially bring to the team. But by a medical test over Zoom, does that mean he has to hold his phone in a certain area? <laughs> then he goes like jogs 20 metres away and he has to do some star jumps? Uh, we had some, we had some uh, help from a, from a German physio. Yeah. So uh, we had someone holding the camera. Uh, the, good, the good news is here, at least for Melbourne, is that he's not playing Thursday night. Uh, hello to you, Nick. It's, it's been a different challenge for you because whilst the team is playing really good basketball, you haven't had your full complement of team injuries seem to be continually bobbing up how have you found the start to the year winning wise but also having to deal with all the other stuff yeah I mean it's been a terrific on-court performance so far to be where we're sitting and I think yeah we spent a lot of time after last season really reviewing what we were doing and we really wanted to then get back to that strategy of having that you know the top end Australian New Zealand talent um, and to be able to welcome someone like Delhi back and and really be really specific on our needs from an import point of view and to be able to find someone like Ian Clark, who won with his NBA experience, but equally his, his experience in the NBL, um, you know, so far so good, as they say. I think that's been a, you know, a really mantra for us right now. Uh, but it's definitely been challenging, like not, not having our full roster. And it was great to see them get through the full game. And, and I think that's probably the, the key over the next few weeks is there are going to be minutes up for grabs for, for others. And, you know, to have the young uh, kids like Flynn Cameron and, and Cole Bowen being able to step up and do what they can, I think that's going to be hopefully hold us in good stead for later in the season as well. I think the big thing with the NBL is the, the connections and the networks are getting bigger and wider and you two men would know a hell of a lot more than, than I would in that basis. But it it does feel like the, the connections that players, be it Australian or, or American or import players, seem to hold them in good stead going forward. How much were you in conversation with Matthew Dallavadova in that year that he went back to Sacramento? Is it is it you? Is it is it Dean Vickerman? Is it just the players? Is it an email or a phone call every now and then? How did that relationship stay strong? So if he looked for somewhere else to come back, that MU was the team he was going to go straight back to. Yeah, I think it's been a, a big spread, really. So that that year in between, we definitely kept across the board and the players, of course, well, and and Chris Golding having that strong relationship through the Boomers as well. Um, but on the flip side, Delhi was amazing helping Ariel through his injury and mm. encouraging him because of his relationship that he had from the year before. So we always probably knew the opportunity would be that Delhi would come back, whether it was this year or next year. So we wanted to make sure we kept that relationship going. And uh, it was great then to be able to speak to Bruce Cater, his agent, and, and make that happen. This is an open-ended question to both of you, and it seems like really simple. Winning just helps tickets, right? Like the numbers that I seen, I seen the post yesterday from Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, and I was there last a couple of Saturday nights ago. Melbourne United, big number. Like winning helps, right? Like so much easier when your team's winning games. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. winning, winning definitely helps, but it's it's also not the be all and end all. I look at it, Adelaide Thirty Sixers, who. You know, they've struggled on the floor the last couple of seasons, but the product, um, the entertainment product that they're rolling out keeps crowds coming in. And, you know, that's something you've got to keep front of mind. I think both Melbourne clubs do an incredible job uh, of the product, uh, the entertainment product we put on, on the floor, both the basketball and and what goes on uh, in between the timeouts. Are you mindful of doing things differently? Because you're in the same city. It's a, it's a very crowded commercial sense, right? We'll get to commercial stuff later, but... Like, are you mindful of, of making sure you do things differently? Tommy, that started. So you had yeah. to sort of maybe have a different plan. And then, Nick, you'll see what they do. And like that's something that's front of mind, is it? Yeah, look, uh, uh, for us specifically, um, you know, starting that really was sort of front of mind. You know, we wanted to try and create a different brand that sort of stood separate and stood on its own. And we tried to put in some elements that, that um, did separate those those two brands. And, uh, you know, I think collectively it's something that we've done a pretty good job of over, over the first five years. 
You're always evolving, right, Nick? Like when you look at like not just Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, but the NBL as a whole and what teams are doing. You are you always in in constant thought pattern, I guess, from you and and the crew to to continue to be, I guess, entertainment driven, fresh. Because if it does become a bit stale, it's it's a concern. Yeah, and I think that's the great thing about like I'll be able to go tomorrow night, of course, but being able to go interstate and seeing what other teams are doing, I think collectively there's a really off court, a really good camaraderie between everyone because it's that feeling of how do we own summer mm-hmm. as a league? And I think, you know, with the league numbers up 18% in attendances and their digital numbers are off the, off the charts. I think we're starting to see that. And I think it's, it's, it's encouraging for us all to say, yes, we've got our own focuses, but how do we work together? And, you know, for Tommy and I, we had a, a clear focus on four sellouts for mm-hmm. the throwdowns. We want to keep building that momentum that it is the hottest ticket in town and the rivalry is really strong. Um, but as we know, there's so much competition, there's 52 pro sports teams in Melbourne. And I think that's the, when you talk about commercial side, we have to be creative in what we're doing. And part of that is making sure we work together when we need to as well. When's the fourth throwdown? It's February 3rd, which is actually our, our first game back yeah. from being away for five mm-hmm. weeks. We're pretty close to sold out on that already. And, and it's pride round as well. So there's a, there'll be a lot, um, opportunities for that game as D- well. Just does that make it easier? So just for people who may not know the NBL gets condensed a little bit for the Melbourne teams at home because the tennis rolls on in and you know, most of January back into December and January is out for your February three throwdown. Do you find it easier to be able to sell tickets because the home fans haven't seen the team for a while or is it harder because the momentum can be stored a little bit? No, we saw it last year, that first game sold mm-hmm. out. I think we hadn't been, we got one home game last year in yep. February. Um, both of us have a bit more this year, which is, which is exciting. And for Tommy and I, we want four Sundays if mm-hmm. we can moving forward. You know, we feel like we'd sell out all of them. Yep. Um, and have them spread out. I think that last year we were pretty condensed on our throwdowns uh, because of the tennis, whereas this year we've been able to have them pretty much a month apart, which has made a big difference. Well, what's the pushback from the league when it comes to not having all showdowns on a on a Sunday? I think really comes down to venue availability is the big yeah. sort of crunch and so the timing of the season and, and, and when they kick things off. So that really is the key factor in being able to, to get that done. Were you boys happy with opening the season in grand final week? I thought it was an enormous success, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, starting with a throwdown, uh, leading into the grand final public holiday, uh, sold out, really was the hottest ticket in town uh, going into that weekend. Real buzz around the city. I thought it was a fantastic move. Yeah, You, having, you liked it? Yeah, and having the NHL the weekend before mm. into the grand final, I think it's a, it's a round that we would love both of us to to do that, whether it's the opening round or, or, or it might not be, but I think it's, yeah, it's... With the Friday holiday, um, and you've got so many corporates in town as well, it, everyone wants to be able to do things with their teams, and we found that that was a you know, as an awesome way to start. I was pleasantly surprised. I wasn't as sold on it being a hugely successful idea, grand final week, and it was more about it just getting lost in the narrative, not necessarily the people in the stands watching the game, but lost in the narrative of, of what's a big week. AFL and NRL grand final were both on the, the same weekend, so that kind of doubles up in some markets, but... I thought it was brilliant. I, I, you two, credit to you two, credit to the NBL. Scotty Pippen rolls into town, and that adds a little bit of uh, pizzazz to it as well. Did you either? Who met him? Both of you guys met Scotty Pippen. I briefly met him. Yeah. We, we, of course, we got him a jersey. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, hats off. The NBL have done a phenomenal mm-hmm. job with that, and and hopefully he'll be able to come back out here at some stage as well. But I think the NBL have also aligned with us for the throwdowns and yep. actually supported them financially. So that's that's definitely helped. So I think there's a good good focus on where, you know, especially in Sydney, they would have the same things working with the NBL and Dave Stevenson coming in has, you know, added a lot of freshness to it. Well, when you sit down and you, and you request whatever, and I'm sure the, you know, it's 55 pages of requests when you go to the NBL. Do, do, do you, 
Do you push together the showdown on the Sundays or is it or is it individual pushing? Like if you band it together, it might actually help a little more. Yeah, I mean, we, we both obviously have to go individually yeah. uh, with our requests because there's some competing it, interests. It, it would know? be it would be um, it so. would be funny if you rolled in together, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we definitely need to uh, you know go to the league with our own requests, but yep. there are some things that we can partner on, and the throwdowns uh, yeah. are a big part of that. You know, and targeting those four Sundays um, is going to be important going forward. And the next you know next year's a new broadcast deal. So yeah. for Tommy and I, we're like, hey, you know, you want to maximise your broadcast numbers having a throwdown on a Sunday, um, as well as that Thursday night before the grand final, um, we want to help play our role in that. At, at club level, with the broadcast deal and, and their continuing conversation, like, are, are you involved? Like, are you involved at all? Is there any conversation about what you think would work for the league, or is it simply from the head honchos at NBL headquarters? Uh, within our requests, you know, we can put forward what we think is working and what we, you know, think is struggling in terms of uh, broadcast and time slots. Um, but that really is uh, a focus of the league and, mm -hmm. and something that they work on. What would you like to see? Have you got something, like, do you think would help Southeast Melbourne Phoenix? Uh, I'd like to see, what would I like to see? 14 Sunday, 2 <laughs> or 4 p.m. home <laughs> games. How about that? Oh, you know what, Mel <laughs> Melbourne United, similar? I love that. Yeah. Similar? Yeah. All right, beautifully done. We are just firing it up. A big throwdown, of course, uh, Thursday night. We'll squeeze a break in. SEN Afternoons, all thanks to Work Locker, Caram Downs and Packingham. Unlocked, stocked and full of value. Workwear for wherever you work. Nick Chulson from Melbourne United. Tommy Greer from South East Melbourne, Phoenix. Plenty more on the other side of this. Afternoons on SEN. Well, thanks to Work Locker, Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. We're right across the SEN radio network. And, of course, Work Locker, Caram Downs and Packenham, unlocked, stocked and full of value. Workwear forever you work. Tommy Greer, the CEO of South East Melbourne Phoenix and Nick Chulson, the CEO of Melbourne United. In studio, throwdown, big one Thursday night. We, we sold out yet, Tommy, your home game this time? No, not sold out yet. So still some GA tickets available. Uh, will be a massive crowd, though, mm -hmm. uh, becoming a really hot ticket. So um, get on, if you want to come along, make sure you get online and, and purchase them quickly. Just on, on you, know, you played Gippsland Saturday or in Gippsland Saturday night against Illawarra. You knew import any chance to play Saturday night. How does the timeline work once they get in town? Uh, I'm going to play this one a little bit vague. So yeah, okay. uh, he'll get into town on Thursday mm -hmm. and we'll obviously get him through all his medicals and, and get him cleared. Uh, and then, you know, try and get him through something on Friday and then pending all of that going incredibly well. Um, you know, there is a chance that you know, we see a few minutes out of him on Saturday. A lot of success last year with the, the Gippsland game. You went down. It, it helps when it was a double overtime against Sydney or double overtime. Double against overtime. Sydney. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that game was incredible. Like in Incredible. How much, there's a good game like that, and the relationship continued to build on the back of it for, for this year's game. Oh, it's unbelievable. We, we went out there a few weeks ago to uh, deliver some com community events. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we got through sort of seven schools, and we had all of our players and all of our staff out there, which was, you know, really fantastic sort of connecting with the community out there. Um, but, it, you know, talk about a hot ticket in town. Uh, they absolutely love it. The crowd out there, uh, you know, JCA is incredibly loud when it's packed and going, but there is a fiberglass roof out there on, in Gris <laughs> and it, uh, it echoes and it reverberates and it feels like the roof is coming off. It's incredible. Well, when it comes to uh, an away uh, throwdown for, for you, Nick, I know there's a lot less, I guess, logistically you have to worry about, but when it comes to commercial partners and, and trying to work with, with Tommy and the crew to make sure that there are people who are satisfied who want to go to the basketball, what's your, what's your day like on a, an away throwdown? 
Yeah, it'll be, it'll be pretty good actually um, because we have a home game on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. Of course, a lot of your corporates. Um, we're both lucky to have Richard Ellery from Tire Power, mm-hmm. of course, a great partner of the of the station. A- absolutely big partner of SCN and SCN Track. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll definitely be able to see Rich and um, you know, that, that works pretty well from that end. But um, yeah, it's actually a, a good opportunity to actually just watch the game. And that's probably, Tommy would agree, when it's yeah. your home game, you know, it was... I was sitting with people during the last quarter last week and it went from 10 points to 30 and I didn't mm-hmm. even, I hadn't noticed till I got back to the corner. But um, yeah, so I think that's, that's an opportunity for you to actually really take in the, and sitting behind the team will, will be, you know, thanks to the Phoenix for their tickets behind the, our team bench. You can actually just see the interaction and, and actually be a fan for the night. Is there a club around the the league that isn't as hospitable? Because I, I, I often quite see you in, in really good seats behind the bench and, and being a part of the crew. Is that... Is that the NBL fraternity? All the clubs work really well hand in hand to help each other out. Yeah, I think that's a great thing about it. I think yeah, you know, we both, we all have interstate you know partners who come mm-hmm. into games and things like that. So I think it works pretty well, and um, yeah, that's always a pretty big key now. Commercially, you've got some good partners in Tasmania. I think Bluntstone. Yeah, you still got Bluntstone, right? I haven't stuffed this up before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's that? Has it changed at all? Has it been tweaked, or has it been a challenge with the Jack Jumpers coming in? No, it's been good, and 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 Harcourts are based down there as well yep. as in Victoria. So yeah, good to have you know broad partnerships. And I think as we grow as a as a league, just the amount of national brands and international brands um, that are coming on board is really exciting. Like we've had NG come on board as our major partner this year. So I think as we grow, and I think you know we're all on that page now. The new broadcast deal. Hopefully we we're we're generating more eyeballs, which will allow us to get more sponsorship dollars in. And you know we all want to be financially sustainable. And the fact that there is. Uh, potentially new teams coming into mm-hmm. the league in the next few years as well. There's a fair bit for us all to work through and we want to make sure we're all sustainable. Is there a team that you think would be, or two teams, either of you can answer this question, like that you think would be better for the league compared to another location? Gold Coast continually gets sort of mentioned. Darwin, of course. I guess Canberra hasn't had a team for you know near on 30 years now. We've seen it with, with Tasmania and come back. Is there is there a couple of locations you think would be good for the overall health of the league? Oh, look, I mean, I think there's plenty of locations mm-hmm. that go really well. I think the, you know, expanding into Asia is an incredibly interesting one when you start talking about eyeballs and broadcast. Well, and, and I'll interrupt. You would have played against the Singapore Slingers, yep. right? Yeah. So you think good idea to go back in a, in a maybe a more structured sense now? Yeah, I think there'd be a lot of learnings from mm-hmm. the first time around without question. Um, but it, yeah, I, I think what I'm saying here is I think that would be a really interesting piece to sort of explore. Uh, in a bit more depth because of the opportunity that exists there and the, you know, the, the sort of fandom and the eyeballs that, that you can draw out of that for the league. Um, you know, I'd be a supporter of most places, but maybe not Western Melbourne. Nick, what do you reckon? Maybe yeah, stay no, away from that. Two teams in Melbourne's perfect. <laughs> it is right. It, it's, it's a nice number. And, and you touch on how many professional sporting teams exist in Victoria and, and, and in Melbourne. Like the, the fact is, if we tried to put another one here, I know we're the sporting capital of the world and you two and your franchises are doing such a great job. It would it would dilute the NBL in this town if another team come in. Yeah, I, I think we've, there's good learnings from other mm-hmm. codes as well. And I think it's just getting that balance of how quickly you grow. And I think, as you said, the Gold Coast are definitely, you know, having the Blitz up there mm-hmm. this year, was which was terrific. And, you know, I think that would be a marketplace that's no doubt a focus. And, and as you said, with Darwin, I think we've also now got to a stage where we're seen as such a, you know, strong league and that pathway to the NBA that there's probably now the, t- the pool of talent. I think it's about how we're creating those pathways for Australian and New Zealand talent to make sure that, We've got competitive teams coming in and we continue to thrive and be seen as that, you know, that fantastic league around the world. I asked a question last night on the award-winning NBL overtime. It's basketball related, but uh, two imports, 
Like, the three, you, you only have one import, so it doesn't matter what the maximum is. But, Tom, you've been around in both the two import and the three import league. Do you think it makes any major difference if it's two or three non Australians or New Zealanders? Uh, good question. Um, look, I, I am a fan of, of the three imports. Yep. I think it's, it's worked really well. I think it's, uh, you know, you talk about expansion and ensuring there is enough depth and you're keeping the talent and the, and, you know, the, uh, the experience for fans at, at a high enough level. Um, you know, I've been really happy with the three imports. All right. That's a fair... But you nail your import. Well, actually, probably not a great week to say nail, but you know what? <laughs> We're about to get another one in, so we'll see how we go. Hey, we'll squeeze the news in wherever you might be. It is uh, the Werribee Key open line is open, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. But you can get involved on a 40 Wings temper text as well. Midday bandits for work, like a Caram Downs and Packingham. Work where for wherever you work. Afternoons, Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. Well, thanks to Work Locker, Karim Downs and Packenham. Workwear for wherever you work. Nick Trulson, CEO of Melbourne United. Tommy Greer, CEO of South East Melbourne Phoenix. In for the hour. Throwdown Thursday night. Tickets available still. Make sure you get involved in what is going to be a ripping contest. Uh, I'll start with you, Nick, because I'm a basketball guy. Basketball, played basketball growing up. Basketball nerd. But it, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm not talking from the NBL point of view, which is a you know an entertainment league, which has to grow in, in certain ways and, and be done the right way. But from a participation, like the amount of text messages we get or the conversations we have about having to build new stadiums or the infrastructure or trying to get government grants in parts of Melbourne and, and Victoria is a continual conversation. So this is not just the NBL growing. It is from the grassroots, under sixes, all the way through and the the mini hoops programs and all the rest of it through, you know, elite junior basketball and the not so elite. It's this, this is getting real. This sport you talk about owning summer as an NBL, but the whole premise of sport is to grow from the bottom up, and this is doing it on a feels like a regular basis. Yeah, and I think for me coming in a few years ago it was probably the one thing that really surprised me the most was just participation across boys and girls basketball. Um, Friday nights, the amount of parents just driving all over Victoria for their kids in rep basketball. Um, but you talk to teams and there's under 12s, but they've got 11 under 12 teams in one association. And I think that's the, that's the super exciting thing. And I think for Tommy and I, it's how do you keep creating um, new ways of, of promoting the game? We do an enormous amount of work in the community. And I think our players do an incredible job of how they engage with the community, whether it's at game day or out in schools and, and all types of community programs. Um, a lot of newly arrived immigrants, of course, absolutely love their basketball. So the old days of footy, you know, boys deciding and girls now at 15 to, to go down the, the track. Hopefully now more boys and girls at that age want to actually go down the basketball track than AFL footy. You came from an AFL background at, at the Western Bulldogs. Are you surprised or were you surprised by like little things like that, the growing of the game when you were transitioned from AFL to NBL or was it something that was quite obvious and was going to organically work? Yeah, I think traditionally it's just been a nice pathway. A lot of kids love basketball and footy, and then footy's just had that you know, that pathway element. And I think we've done an incredible job in basketball really growing those pathways. And I think, yeah, in the years to come, we're going to see a lot of players decide that basketball is where they want to go. And the, the fact that the NBL does such a great job of now getting development up to the NBA, I think you know we're, it's an exciting next decade for all of us here. You've got a next star in Ariel Hockporty who um, made history this year because he redshirted a year and come back for year number three after yeah. after doing the Achilles. But 
it, 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 the Nick Stars has changed, right? It used to be come in, develop, and of course on the back of Lamelo Ball and RJ Hampton and and Josh Kitty. Now it's actually going to find a player who can roll in and and play good basketball for you and actually help you in a extra extra roster spot, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky area. You want it, you know. That's why I suppose the centers have had so much um, excitement around mm-hmm. the Nick Stars, and to have eight in the league this year, I think it it showcases. And you know, hats off to Liam Santa Maria and Jeremy Loliga and now Vince Cravelli, what they're doing in that space. I think. You know, that's exciting that next year we might have two or three next stars actually drafted. And mm-hmm. I think that's also going to put a shine of light on the NBL even further. And, you know, young teenagers coming through here will want to come and watch our games because they're going to be able to see NBA talent play and then be able to watch them in the NBA the following year. What do you make of the next stars program? I think it's, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, Nick hit the nail on the head. I think it's, it's one of those pieces that has really helped the sport connect with the grassroots because it does provide that connection to the NBA and having stories like an, uh, you know, an Ariel hopefully sort of making his way through uh, to the next level and, you know, even back to LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton and all these players we've sort of seen come through and, and get drafted into the NBA. It provides that, that sort of, um, you know, that connection piece, right, for, for, for young kids mm-hmm. coming through who idolise the NBA and they can see it connected with uh, with the professional league here. And, uh, and 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 that's, you know, of great benefit to us as clubs. Have you got a next star this year? No. You haven't. So how, how does that all sort of like, like do you do have those conversations? Liam Santa Maria, so we've known him, well, you've known him longer than I have <laughs> and I love the guy and he's done an amazing job. But like do, those conversations, is it, we didn't get to the player we won as a next star or the roster sort of sorted this way out. And how, how does it work in the off season around next stars in a, in your club? Yeah, look uh, for us, it has to be exactly right. You yeah. know, we went down the path in our first year. We probably weren't ready uh, for a next star mm-hmm. at that point, being completely honest. Um, and since then we've just been very careful about, you know, what player we were going after. Um, we want to ensure that any player that we bring in is going to be able to, um, to, you know, deliver, certain amount of on-court minutes uh, is going to help the team win uh, and has also, you know, got a realistic chance of sort of taking that next step and, and, and um, you know, getting drafted into the NBA. So, you know, we did have our hat in the ring for uh, a couple of players, um, none of which ended up in the NBL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're still playing uh, overseas and still touted as high potential draft picks. And, you know, we'll continue to explore that uh, next year because, you know, we're, we're really keen to start getting involved in that program. Personality is a big thing when it comes to next day and a young kid who moves across the other side of the world, as they most do. Ira Hawkeport, he seems like he's got the perfect personality. A guy who went through a really challenging time, comes in, plays great basketball to kickstart the year. JLA comes back in. He just sort of slides back in and plays the role. It's it's something that I think it endears him to NBA scouts, right? Yeah, I mean, we're so proud of him with what he had to deal with last year and coming back and the fact that Joe hurt himself as well. Mm-hmm. It allowed Ariel to start the first, you know, five or six games and, and played really strong minutes and really, I think, you know, put his names up, up in lights in those mock drafts. And I think the balance now is we want him to continually drive up those mock drafts over the next few months. But, but equally he knows the most important thing is getting the balance right and us winning games. And he's such a character around the place. He, we, he calls the staff his community. So he'll, after training every training session, he comes up and shakes everyone's hand in administration, and he really feels like he's he's like our our son, really. So, how much did you have to work with him last year? Because it, it really sucked. He, he, right on the eve of the season, you're in the pre-season tournament, you you rupture Achilles, and and your whole 
Like his whole sort of next 12 months changed from a playing perspective, but also from a, a possible drafting situation. What was it like? Did the club just, yeah. did you just wrap your arms around him and, and look after him? Did he, did he go home or did yeah. he stay here in Melbourne? Yeah, we, we wanted to make sure. And Steve McAdam, of course, had done the exact same thing with Jack White. So yep. I think that helped us a lot. Jack yeah. was phenomenal in his help with Ariel as well through that period. But we got to a stage where he was cleared to be able to do full training, mm-hmm. five on fives. And then we then he went home for six weeks, which he hadn't done for 18 months. So that was huge for him in sort of late June, July to be able to do that. Um, came back refreshed. And then his mum actually came out for the first few games and she hadn't been to Australia in that whole time. So that was also fantastic to have that part of it and he started the season so well and now he's in a you know a really good groove. Plenty more basketball on the other side of this all things NBL throwdowns and whatever else I uh, try and throw these boys under the bus in the next 15 or so minutes. Tommy Greer is here, CEO of South East Melbourne Phoenix. Nick Julesen, likewise at Melbourne United. Very very much more NBL next right here on Afternoons. Afternoons on SEN. Right around Australia, SEN Afternoons. In fact, very relatable. Dante Exum's got 21 points. He is one of the uh, the co-owners of South East Melbourne Phoenix. <laughs> he can't miss, mate. I will ask you this, Tommy. Did you try and get John Wall to play a couple of games when you're looking for an import? <laughs> it was it was rumoured on social media, which we've you can't asked, read too asked, much. We've asked the question a couple of times yeah. of a few of our owners. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Nick Kioris has asked if he can play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually the one most likely to suit up for South East Melbourne I, Phoenix, I or, right. or at least want right. to. How do you find it uh, with high-profile ownership? It's great for the league, and it's something the league has tried to push a little more into or, or have those high-profile players, in particular from the NBA involved. How do you find it as a CEO? Uh, I think it's fantastic. I mean, just the, you know, the the sort of, um, you know, the the platform they can put you on because of, you know, their, their fandom and how, how big they are is incredible. And, you know, you talk about situations like we've been through in the last week, you know, having connections like Dante Exum, John Wall, Josh Childress, Zach, Zach Randolph, Al Harrington, these guys who are, you know, like massive names within the NBA and international basketball. So to be able to reach out to them, to go through their networks, to do character checks, to get in touch with people, to, you know, tick all of those boxes is an incredible advantage. And Nick, marquee slots is something that is important to any single like sporting league around the world. And so much is attached to public holidays or or Christmas or at least holidays in, in some type of sense. Melbourne United got the Melbourne Cup Eve game. We won't talk about the the end result and the refereeing, but it is what it is. Uh, Open air game and all the rest of it. How important is it from a club and a league's perspective to own some of these dates in a very crowded sporting calendar? Yeah, I think it's it's a real key one. And we've seen other codes do it so well over such a long period of time. But yeah, when you get your schedule and you can actually really highlight those, everyone puts them in the diary straight away. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the open air game next week and... We talked a bit at off air, just the, yeah, hopefully the Melbourne weather looks after us next week. It's always that tricky one with the open air game, but being the only besides before Perthy that last year, the only pro basketball team in the world to do an open air game. I think again, it's, we want to be, you know, unique and drive innovation. And as a code, that's what we want to keep driving. And I think the more and more we explore it and, and let's try and find more and more windows for, for marquee games. Is there a contingency if it rains, yep. right? And you, you can't open the roof. Is there a contingency to have it? an open-air throwdown on February 3rd when you're back? Is that, does that ever get talked about or not? It's a great point. I mean, the fact yeah. is that we, um, Thank you. you know, with the you know, Australian <laughs> Open will give us back, you know, probably a couple of days before that. Yep. But, um, 
unlikely, but mm-hmm. um, but again, you know, we want to make sure we're you know pretty agile and how we're working. MOPT do a great job there, and, and our work with them as a team. So, um, yeah, I think the next few years are going to be really important for us to keep growing those. And you know, we've had you know multiple sellouts this year. Um, you know, Tommy's had some himself. I think. How do we get to a stage where John Kane Arena is sold out every game? And mm-hmm. then what does that look like for the future of the game as well? You played, or Melbourne United played Christmas Day last year. Are you are you for and against the Christmas Day idea? I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I'm the man who pushed this for four straight years, which meant I had to go to the game last year. But uh, it, was a one, it was a wonderful night in Sydney. Are you for it, even though you're not playing this year? Yeah, I mean, I took the kids up last year. I thought it was a good opportunity to, yeah, because it was a little challenging, I think, just, you know, being the first time. And I think hats off to Sydney, you know, they've got right behind it and they're really driving it. And then then there's two games this year and Tommy's part of that um, with the one in Tasmania. I think it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see how it evolves this year. And then what does that look like next year moving forward? Is there, like, is there consulting with the team before announcing Christmas Day? How does it work for you, Tommy? Because you are in Tassie on on the 25th. Yeah, there is. And, it, and you know, it's part of some teams put their hand up and, and they really want to take on that challenge of the Christmas Day games and, and others don't. And then in terms of opponents, that really is a luck of the draw thing. But the league's pretty open about uh, sharing those around year to year. Do you think it'll work in Melbourne? Because like, I, I, I'm a firm believer that the team should be within the same geographical location statewide. So Sydney, Illawarra, I understand, like Melbourne and South East Melbourne. I know that you know, condenses the teams that can play in it. And I understand that exactly. But I I think from a perspective, I I think it would work in Melbourne, but I also am under the illusions that there's a lot going on already around that time. What do you think a Christmas day game at between Melbourne and a throwdown on Christmas day would work or not? Look, I think what Nick was suggesting before is right. I think, um, you know, We've only seen this roll out mm-hmm. once once before, and Sydney did a really good job that first time around. Um, this time with a couple of games um, on that day, I think there'll be a lot more learnings from that again. I think as we sort of get through those two games, um, you know, the league and clubs and, and you know, the, the two Melbourne teams will be in a, a lot better position to be able to sort of make an opinion on that and, and work out if it is something, you know, worth taking on. It was here for a little while, and then it went away, the open-air game. Did you play in one? Uh, no, no. Would you have liked to? How do you think you would have gone as a player? Uh, I wasn't very good with the roof closed. So with, with, <laughs> yeah. with, with it open, maybe, maybe I would have made a few more jumpers. Yeah, you did many a good thing. Don't <laughs> worry about that. Uh, Nick, when it, when it looks to, you know, the sort of the, the back end of the year, like everything's tracking the way you want it both on and off the court right now for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it has been a really terrific year and commercially, I think, yeah, we've had a real focus on how can we be financially sustainable outside of, you know, making the playoffs. And I think we've made really good grounds on that this year. And I think across the board, and you speak to Larry and David and and the rest of the team, they're doing a lot of work, working with the teams to help them become more commercially savvy in a lot of areas. And I think, yeah, I'm excited about the next two or three years for everybody and what we can do. A bit more settled now. You got got your roster here. It sucks with Craig Moller and of course, Ruben Tarangi will be back I'm assuming he's back Thursday night, is he? Yes. Yep, yeah. yep, he's back with training today. Are you con- you you confident about how this year looks? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we, we went through a bit of an overhaul in the off-season. We've got a completely new coaching staff. We brought in seven new players. Um, so, you know, expectations within the club was always that it was going to take a minute to find a bit of rhythm. Um, I really feel like this last week has sort of propelled us into a position um, and yeah, really confident, especially with, uh, you know, the, the recent addition of, of Nadia um, that we can make a really good, good run at things starting with a, maybe with a win on Thursday night. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Look, Nick over there thinking no chance, but we'll see how it all goes. <laughs> hey boys, thank you for coming in. It's, it's a big week. There's so much going on in the, in the basketball landscape. And I know you've got very full diaries. So I appreciate you finding some time to come in and have a chat, all things basketball. So thank you. 
Thanks, awesome. Cam. Great Thanks, to be Cam. here. Tommy Greer, South East Melbourne Phoenix uh, CEO, and Nick Chulson at Melbourne United in the throwdown tomorrow night. Tickets still available Saturday night at home for Melbourne United. Is there tickets available, Nick, or are you sold out Saturday night? No, nah, still for All tickets right. available. There so you go. Yeah, and, let's and sell it out again. Gippsland, Illawarra, and South East Melbourne Phoenix in a Saturday if you're that way geographically over the weekend. A quick break. More on SEN Afternoons next.